But then we got over to our driveway. We heard the rumbling of the rocks the night before. The rumbling of the rocks. And then in the morning, there was silence. And then it was like, uh uh-oh, something's wrong. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Vermont Untapped, a podcast from the Vermont Folklife Center that explores the state through the voices of its own residents. I'm Mary Wesley. This episode is the second in a pair that feature the voices of Vermonters reflecting on the impact and legacy of Tropical Storm Irene, following the 10th anniversary of the storm on August 28, 2021. What you heard in the previous episode were the voices of Vermonters who participated in community story circles held in the weeks and months directly following the storm. Today, you'll hear from some of those same people who gathered for another story circle this July, all of them residents of the town of Menden. So I'll just say a little um, a little introduction that it is July, Wednesday, July f- uh, 14th, 2021, and we're at the Menden town offices to do a story circle. That's me doing an introduction before we started passing the mic around. The town office in Menden has a community room with enough space for 11 people, plus me and our summer intern, UVM student Riley Brown, to sit in a large circle. Thanks to an extra-long mic cable, we could reach everyone. Again, we're mostly going to focus not on retelling your experience of Irene and kind of the aftermath, but really thinking about what's happened in, in the 10 years since then, because we're coming up on, on a decade later since Irene came. This story circle was initiated and coordinated by a few town members who had been part of the original circles 10 years ago. Our thought was to invite people to reflect on the changes they'd seen in the town and in their daily lives over the past decade as a result of Irene. But as people began to introduce themselves and share their opening thoughts, it was clear that the moment they joined the circle, they had all been transported back in some way to 2011. Before they could consider the present day, they had to retell their stories of the storm and reestablish the connections that had been forged as the town weathered Irene together. What follows are a selection of excerpts from the 2021 Menden Story Circle. You might notice a few bumps and clicks in the sound recording. That's just handling noise from people holding and passing the microphone. We're grateful that this group invited the VFC to come make a recording of the event. Special thanks to VFC board member Ann Singizer, who coordinated this gathering, and Riley Brown, who assisted with the production of this episode. My name is Sharon Staley, and I live on the Wheelerville Road in Menden along the river. We got the call in the afternoon on a Sunday saying, you guys probably have 30 minutes to get out of there if you want to make it, because the river's probably going to break. And we were like, well, we're hearing Rutland doesn't have power. We've got solar. We're never going to run out. And we have a big garden, which we're going to be able to feed all the other people on the road. But then we got over to our driveway, we heard the rumbling of the rocks the night before. The rumbling of the rocks, and then in the morning there was silence, and then it was like, uh uh-oh, something's wrong. (laughs) And then we walked out to the road, and a half a mile left it was okay, and a half a mile right it was okay, but then the rest of it was gone. And that's when we went, oh God, (laughs) we're up here and nobody can come and get us. Hi, Todd Keehan, I had Front row seating of for Irene, 
watched everything happen, Route 4 come down, and the rocks tumbling and the water surges from logs piling up and then just letting go and come flying down the river. Hi, I'm Sarah Tully. I'm the town administrator and health officer for Menden um, and was at the time of Irene. I live off um, the Notch Road in South Menden, which uh, Larry has already told you that was completely unaffected by Irene. And um, I sat scrapbooking all day on Sunday and I had evacuated my 98-year-old grandmother from her house because I didn't want her to be alone. And we were looking out the window going, there's nothing wrong. <laughs> it was all a big hype until I also got the phone call from the chair of the select board that said Route 4 was gone and um, ultimately many of our roads. But August 28th, how could I forget it? It was my 50th birthday. Uh, <laughs> I'd been backpacking in New Hampshire and came home a day early, thank God. Um, and uh, thought I'd take advantage of the rainy day and go wash my deck. Put the deck wash on, it was all wet, scrub the deck, and rinse it right behind me. I had one step instead of three. And I was kind of looking at this little stream in my lower field going, wow, that, that's really filling up. I think I'll go in and take a shower and drive down and see what's going on Route 4. Got to the bottom of our road, which was gone, and uh, or in the process of being wiped out. And Jeannie Bradley, rest her soul, came out and said, yeah, Scott just called me and Route 4 is gone. I'm like, what do you mean gone? Gone, gone, all three lanes. When Route 4 washed out in Menden, a section of the town became an island, completely cut off from any roads, affecting access to work, school, and supplies. Townspeople had to work together and get creative to find solutions until the road was rebuilt. Okay, remembering Irene, uh, 10 years ago, my memory is getting a little shorter, but I certainly do remember the uh, brighter things in my life, and Irene was not bright, but it was a busy, busy time. You didn't introduce yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sure that most of these I'm sure that most of these people here know me. I've lived in town for 40, 50 years, but my name is Roy Pryor. But anyhow, uh, we decided uh, after talking with Mr. and Mrs. Outsley that we had a, a, pla a place that we could walk through from Helby Hill to Journey's Inn Road, and somehow it got to the school department and. They decided to keep school and keep everybody going. And once they done, they had a bus on on the west side or east side of uh, Journey's End Road. And then over here, they had a hey, we, they had a school bus picking up the school kids on that side, bring them up to my house at Journey's End Road. Kids got off the bus, and uh, they had uh, one of the croissants picked up all the kids' backpacks and books and took them over to Hilvey Hill where another bus picked them up and took them to school and made the kids walk, of course. They got a little exercise first thing in the morning, which is good. Uh, and then things just bloomed from there. It got busier and busier and busier. The pathway that these Menden kids walked on through the woods to be able to board a bus and get to school became known as the Wood Chip Parkway. 
the faces and the and the and the smiles and the tears um, and the recognition of someone reaching out to help someone on on the Whitchurch Parkway was amazing. I saw uh, the, a breath of society reach a, 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 a tone, a medium, where, the, where regardless of whom uh, we were or where we came from, though it might have been apparent in our dress or in our language or in our behavior and mannerisms, it, it became one acceptance of individuals becoming one group of people trying to get across uh, and make their life happen through this parkway thing. The Woodchip Parkway was just one of the problem-solving efforts made possible by the all-hands-on-deck attitude of Mendonites, an attitude which seemed to be present right from the start. Hi, I'm Ann Singizer. I live on Meadow Lake Drive in Menden, and actually I was on this side of the break. I had access to Rutland, and I also had access to the town <coughs> office. On the Monday after Irene hit, I stopped in the town office and said, do you need any help? <laughs> and I was here every day from then on for probably over two weeks, probably eight or ten hours a day. Um, organizing, solving problems. It was a very stimulating time and very rewarding because we were able to solve a lot of problems. And um, I think thanks to the outpouring of generosity and cooperation from people in town, we almost had to turn volunteers away and we had hundreds of them. We had between two and three hundred volunteers doing different things in town. Um, and it was, I, I just can't tell you what a, a feeling it was of cooperation and accomplishment for what, what we did. Hi, uh, my name is Nancy Gandela. I, at the time of Irene, was assistant clerk and treasurer. Uh, I do not live in Menden, I live in Wallingford. And day one, knowing there was a break and there was a lot of trouble, I left my house probably at around five in the morning. And after about an hour and a half of a normal 20 minute drive, I arrived here in Menden with a box of donuts in tow. <laughs> and um, from that point on, for the next three weeks, it was 18 hour days. And we really did have to rely on ourselves as a town. And everyone in, everyone in town came out to help in any way they could. We, we didn't have any problems at all. And, and there were times, as Sarah said, that we really, we, we really couldn't rely on the state because they had their own things going on. So it was, it was so nice to see that everyone was, was helping and encouraging everyone else. My name is Larry Corsell, and uh, I have numerous memories of, of Irene, and they're all coming back to me now. And for me, um, you know, for 45 years, I worked in, in construction as a supervisor and a chief estimator. And I had, you know, 
20 guys under me and, and I'm used to making quick decisions. I'm used to chaos starting every morning and something going wrong during the day. So when Irene happened um, that Monday morning and went back to work and got everyone out and I said, I need to get into town. Um, so we came in and then it was just decision after decision was made every 10 minutes. Something came up uh, and, and there was no Municipal government, state government, and federal government is designed to work slow. We could not do that. If something came up, there's no going back. Let's sit down and talk about this. Let's make a decision and make a decision now. Um, it worked extremely smoothly, and we had no idea what we were doing because we had never done it before. Um, and we were solely on our own. Um, Vermont Emergency Management had their own challenges with the building, their emergency building being underwater, which left the towns to um, pretty much fend for themselves. And looking back on it, I think that we were better off for it. Um, we all came together and solved whatever issue was coming up and we had no idea what the next issue was gonna be. Um, I think at some point, Nancy and I will touch base on that it didn't end after Route 4 was open. We were charged with um, working with FEMA and completing the paperwork, which extended multiple years into the future. And I think we finally completed most of the paperwork about a year ago. In so many ways, once Route 4 was put back together, people started going back to their normal lives and thought, oh, this is great. We've all recovered from Irene. But literally, it was seven or eight years, and we were still doing paperwork. Probably two years ago, someone from the state bought back to me the paperwork that we had sent to the state. And I think it was about four cases of paper um, on top of the cases of paper that we have. Irene itself to me was not the traumatic part. It was the paperwork in the aftermath that was the most traumatic for me. As Sarah said, it, it, that's been tough. Um, we've both said if we ever have another Irene that we are heading south. So <laughs> we'll let someone else deal with that. We're gone. <laughs> um, but I, I also agree with, with what Anne said. It, it, was, it was a time of so much caring and compassion and kindness and helpfulness that I think really you only find in disasters like this. And it, it is slipping away. And, and even with the current you know, COVID situation, you don't see that kind of, of, of companionship. You see people who believe one thing on one side and people who believe another thing on the other side. But with Irene, everybody was in it together to solve a problem to make everyone's lives better. If this happened again, um, I think we'd all get back together and do it again. Um, some of us here, you know, we still have the playbook in our head. Uh, when you talk about your emergency management, getting that all together, uh, you can't prepare for what we went through. Um, you just you just can't put that in any kind of a manual and read about it. It's basically like someone that's never 
gone swimming in their life, does not know how to swim, and you give them a manual, read this, and then they jump in the uh, deep end of the pool, and, and that, that manual didn't do them much good. So um, I don't think we ever wrote down all the steps we took. We have them in our head. We could do them again. Um, something like this, if it ever happens again, uh, I'm pretty sure the small town of Menden will jump in and, and put, a, put everything back together, and um, the town of Menden... Uh, you know, it's like, like the beacon for any other town. This is how we do it. So. There, there's more to a Mother Nature than we knew happened there, and it seemed to bring uh, together uh, the, the, the minds that were lost and then reunited and made whole by the compassion of the town of Menden residents. Just, just amazing. Just, it was amazing. I just wanted to bring it back to see if anybody else, as I drive through Vermont, I can't stop thinking about Irene, and it's been 10 years. So as I drive through Vermont and I drive up Route 4, I think of you, Todd, every single time I drive up Route 4. And when I drive down Wheelerville, I can't drive by Neil's driveway without thinking of that picture of him standing there on the other side of the river <clears throat> with no bridge. So... I think of Todd's raspberry bushes and I think of the trees and the willows that are growing slowly but surely, but it, you did, you lost all privacy. You look at the embankments of the rivers and the trees falling into them and they slowly erode away with every rainstorm that we have. And you drive the roads and every embankment that you see that is rock lined you say that, that was from Irene, and that was from Irene, and that was from Irene. This road was gone, and that road was gone. And that doesn't go away after 10 years. You still drive these roads, and you think that the disaster is still there, the signs are still there, and um, that doesn't go away. <laughs> Thank you so much to all of the Menden residents who participated in this story circle. To learn more about the Irene Storytelling Project and see some photos of storm damage in Menden, visit our show notes at www.vtfolklife.org untapped. If you liked listening to this show, please tell others to look us up and subscribe. You can find Vermont Untapped on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. This episode was produced by me, Mary Wesley, with help from Riley Brown. Our executive producer, who also happens to be the VFC archivist, is Andy Kolovos. The cello music in this show was recorded by Dave Hoy. Thanks for listening.